Listen to The Barry Morgan Show. Live weekdays noon to 3 on CJAD 800 and CJAD.com. Commuters in town looking forward to the city's light rail project, but should there be fewer parking spots at the actual stations? Environmentalists say, yeah, people should be encouraged to leave their cars at home, that there should be fewer cars in general on the road. So would you have a problem leaving your car in the garage before heading out to the light to use light rail or any other train in this uh, in this city. Saturday Night Live has chosen Alec Baldwin to impersonate Donald Trump. NBC announced this deal just days before SNL begins its 42nd season and about a month before voters choose between Trump and Hillary Clinton. How much are you looking forward to the season debut of SNL and the season in general? Knowing you're going to see well, quite a bit of Donald Trump. Welcome back to the Barry Morgan Show and the Free For All. You can share your opinions. Text to 514800. And with me, Lee's Ravery of the Journal de Montréal and CJAD contributor Dan Delmar, who's also managing partner of Provocateur Communications. Good afternoon to both of you. Hello. And good afternoon to everybody. And we are going to begin with this. Singer-songwriter Cindy Lauper urging people anywhere to join a tourism boycott of Montreal. She, like many others, very angry about the city's pit bull ban, and she posted a rant on Facebook saying an entire breed shouldn't be targeted. And her post is urging people to sign an online petition. It's called My Montreal Includes All Dogs, endorsing a tourism boycott of Montreal. Petition has well over 100,000 signatures. So do you think the city is going to suffer, that fewer people will actually visit Montreal because of this tourism boycott or petition at least? And do you think the city is going to do anything about it? Lise, why don't you start us off this afternoon? Oh, I'm just so much looking forward to this issue going away, but yeah. I understand. I understand why it's on the front burner. Um, I really don't think that people around the world are going to come together and all say, we are not going to Montreal. These are very, very vocal uh, groups, and of course, Ms. Ms. Lauper is, is a celebrity, uh, but they don't speak for everybody. I mean, this is ludicrous. Honestly, maybe some people will come to Montreal because there is a ban. That's a good way of looking at it. And yeah, I, I agree with, I, I agree with you. I mean, look, let's face it. There's uh, how many billions of people in the world? I know not that many people come to Montreal. But regardless, the city does depend on tourism to a tremendous extent. And we have a lot of terrific things for uh, for visitors to see, even for Montrealers to visit if they haven't seen them in uh, in a while. But it just points to how angry some people are that somebody like Cindy Lauper, who I guess has been here quite a bit as a as an entertainer, goes goes out of her way to post this on Facebook, and I suspect she has a lot of followers, uh, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. And the fact of the matter is, Montreal does not like negative press. I think we know that. I'm sure Denis Coderre is not pleased to hear this. Is it going to have any effect on the city? I, I, I suspect not. Why would this petition... Although, let me amend that just for a moment. The fact that, you know, perhaps money could be involved. Well, then, Dan, maybe it'll have an impact. Or is that just dreaming in technicolor for those who want to see the ban overturned? I'm not sure that it's going to have any significant impact on tourism one way or the other. If anything, I think it might be a slight negative impact because people who might have otherwise brought their pit bulls uh, along with them on vacation or to visit family here uh, now cannot do that. So I, I don't see how it would benefit Montreal because banning things doesn't typically produce a, uh, a positive result. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a really uh, uh, productive law, and I think it's, uh, it's the result of panic and the kind of crass populism 
populism that we've become uh, known for uh, here in Montreal over the last couple of years. So that being said, though, I think some of the panic around uh, around all this is a bit ridiculous and calling for boycotts of Montreal is is just silly. It's almost as silly as the BDS movement punishing an entire population for uh, for something that is done politically with very little consensus, uh, it's so it's an overreaction, as are a lot of the the animal people on on social media talking about uh, how the mayor is basically Hitler. It's it's a bit uh, over the top. Well, that's that's nuts. I mean, that's that's obviously ridiculous. I think I think Aislin nailed it this morning uh, with his with his cartoon. Uh, he makes Coderre look uh, a little bit like Fred Flintstone, a little bit of a dino, like a prehistoric, I suppose, and he's got a dog using uh, him as a as a fire hydrant, basically. I thought that was a very, very good way of expressing one's feelings if, if they were not in agreement with the city and particular in agreement with, uh, with the mayor on this issue of pit bulls and, and uh, making them uh, basically forbidden here in Montreal unless you still own one. Somebody texted, um, I doubt Coderre expected this kind of uh, a fallout. Yeah, you, you, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Uh, but then again, maybe he figured, well, for the greater good as far as he's concerned, that it's it's worth a fallout. And potentially, look, businesses are generally tend to be quite conservative, and I know they don't like to hear stuff like this, that even the whisper of a boycott is not a great idea. And there's also another provision of this uh, this animal legislation. I'm not sure too many people know about. I mean, it does affect cats. They will not be allowed to be found wandering. In other words... You can't let your you won't be able to let your cat outdoors on its own anymore. I don't know how many outdoor cats there are in the city. We have a cat; it's an indoor cat, so it's not going to really affect us. But if you're the owner of an outdoor cat that likes to, you know, have its independence, usually at night, I guess. Well, what do you say about that, Lise? What do you think? I don't know if you're a cat owner yourself, actually. Yes, I'm a cat owner. <clears throat> I have three of them. Oh, well, there you go. Are they outdoor cats? No. Well, uh, in the country they are, but in town, uh, no, they don't go out. Okay. I think it's an hostile environment for cats. Cities are. Uh, but, you know, I understand uh, the need not to let cats roam around. I mean, they, they kill an awful lot of wildlife. They kill a lot of birds. Um, and, you know, they can be a nuisance. It's not like a dog. They're not going to bite your face off. But, uh, it, you know, they, they can be a nuisance, and I think that all pets should be controlled. Dan? I think there's a need for, for a broader animal control policy, which, which has to include uh, spaying and neutering. Remember what that Bob Barker slogan for many years? Absolutely. Price is, right? sure. Well, this is the reason we have so many stray animals in Montreal. What, when I was a reporter 10 years ago, I mean, uh, the, the SPCA was euthanizing 20,000 cats a year or something. I mean, th- there's a problem here that could be solved with better regulation and banning things, in my opinion, is not the way to go about it. They're spaying and neutering. Neutering, by the way, uh, male dogs reduces ag- aggressivity a lot. By, so so that's, that's one solution to the violence. But, uh, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of overthinking going on when it comes to, to this kind of stuff, and I wish the mayor would just go with science. Uh, did you say, though, Dan, I'm just trying to get, be clear, if, you're, if you think it's a good idea that cats won't be allowed outdoors anymore? I mean, I, I, I found that very, very surprising. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I honestly, I'm on the fence on that one, Barry. I mean, yeah. it doesn't offend me if I see a cat walking around. No, me neither. You know, and it's, it's like I'm, I'm trying to think of, again, from the perspective of a cat owner who, who leaves, who lets their cat out at night. 
like, what is it going to do to the to the to the uh, to the cat itself? I mean, I have no idea. I'm not a cat doctor or veterinarian or a cat whisperer or anything like that. But I would have to think they would have some kind of an effect on an animal that you know, say for years, is used to going out on its own for a few hours every night, and then all of a sudden, no, they're going to be confined to their quarters unless you're out there with the cat, basically with a leash. You know, I I just don't see a lot of Montrealers walking their cats down the street at midnight. I you know I don't I don't love tried cats. That. It doesn't work. You've tried. <laughs> I, I'm told. Work. You know, we've had like I said, we have a cat, and we had a cat before that. They're quite independent. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I don't I don't love stuff. cats, but I do support their their right to freedom of expression. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> meow meow meow. Meow 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 is right. Coming up to 1219, the Barry Morgan Show here on CJAD. It's the free-for-all with Lise Ravery, Dan Delmar, and you. Weigh in. Text your thoughts to 514800. A lot of commuters looking forward to the city's light rail project, but fewer parking spots at the stations? Well, that's what environmentalists want. They are encouraging all of us to leave our cars at home, that there should be, look, let's face it, from their point of view, fewer cars in general on the road. So, Dan, what do you what do you think of this uh, point of view from uh, from our friends who are very much uh, in favor of uh, of uh, you know keeping the earth as green as possible. As far as I'm concerned, look, I, I understand the idea of keeping the car at home, and I'd be happy to take the train if they can create some kind of a network that actually gets me to the train station in a reasonable amount of time. Or am I being too irresponsible when it comes to uh, Mother Earth? No, not at all. And I actually think the better environmental position is for parking lots in suburbs. I think when you think about it logically, uh, the, the real impact that cars have on greenhouse gas emissions are in the middle of cities. We want to keep people away from cities and park on the outskirts. Dri- driving emissions is not as much of a problem when it's not in a concentrated area like downtown Montreal. So if people are parking uh, their cars in the suburbs where it's a lot more spread out and the CO2 is absorbed a lot more easily than in the, in the middle of downtown, then that's a good thing. That's something to encourage. So we do actually want people to go to the parking lots and take public transit into the city. I think that's the more responsible environmental position. That, makes sound, that sounds pretty reasonable, Lise. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's very reasonable. You know, the environmental movement uh, has a lot of very sane and uh, reputable people who... Uh, you know, um, talk about things that are doable. And and then there's a fringe uh, that seems to be more interested in changing society uh, or using the environment as a means to change a world that they don't like. And those who would say, leave your car at home, don't even drive to the nearest uh, uh, parking lot to take the train, to me belong to the second category. It's unreasonable. It's... Uh, it's it's ideology over common sense. Understood, understood. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Do you guys, uh, when you when you travel, do you ever take uh, public transit, or is it mainly in your car? Well, Lise, I know you're a motorcycle person during the summer, at least. Yeah. Well, in the summer, yes. <laughs> and public transit, not so much in general. Not so much in general yeah. because uh, where I happen to be is very difficult uh, to to reach the the, the public uh, transport system. Same for you, Dan. I actually do everything. I, I live and work in, in downtown Montreal, so driving is not really doable much of the time, but oh, I do yeah. have to sort of go around for work and stuff, so I do that, and I bike, and I take the metro, whatever is most convenient. Speaking of travel, a Regina man has filed a request for a class-action lawsuit against Air Canada and WestJet. This is over the fee the airlines charge for checked baggage. Uh, this man accuses the airlines of colluding after they introduced a $25 first checked bag fee within days of each other a couple of years ago, and the 
suit also contends the added charge unjustly enriched the two airlines because it became with no extra service. Says it doesn't seem fair, and the uh, the class action would include all Canadian passengers who paid either airline the fee after October 29, 2014. What do you think, Lise? Is it fair? Yes, it is fair. Uh, it's done all over the world. It's not just in Canada. It wasn't started here. Uh, would we rather not have that? Sure, absolutely. But then uh, air transportation has never been cheaper than it is right now, so I guess that's kind of one way to offset it. Yeah, but where does it end? You know, I mean, he's right. They're, they're paying, they're charging you for something for which you get nothing in return other than a receipt, I guess. I mean, <laughs> right. it's, it's, not, it's, like, it's like bank fees. You know, if they thought they can get away with charging a hundred bucks for a baggage fee, they would do it. It's you probably would, yes. Well, yeah, uh, Dan, do you think it's fair? Yeah, uh, well, no. I mean, there's there's that charge and a whole host of other extra charges that are that are frustrating uh, Canadian flyers more and more. Some airlines are better than others, though. I mean, some give you free snacks and booze, so that's a good thing. You still get that? Where? Yeah, Where, Porter. Which? Porter gives you wine and <laughs> wine and uh, snacks on the flight. Okay, it's just that you know, uh, you know, Lise, you're you're right though. Um, it's it didn't start in Canada. No, I guess, and that's why it's not surprising it though that one, in Ireland actually. And when one nation, one airline, will start something like this, and Others look at it and say, "Hey, wait a second! This could increase our bottom line." Of course, we're gonna we're gonna follow suit. But twenty five bucks just to check your bag. It's uh, this texter writes, uh, "Collusion happens everywhere in the world." So, uh, so uh, it must be fine. Uh, a little sarcastically, no more milking us. This texter writes uh, with a few exclamation points. Twelve twenty-four. It's coming up to uh, twelve twenty-four, and a story that I've been really looking forward to. Saturday Night Live choosing hey. Alec Baldwin to impersonate Donald Trump this year, and that's even before we know who's going to win the election, right? Uh, it's possible we're going to see a lot of Trump uh, over the next four years. And anyhow, NBC has announced this deal just days before Saturday night begins its 42nd season and about a month or so before uh, U.S. voters choose between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. My question here is, how much are you looking forward to seeing the season debut and seeing Alec Baldwin as the new Trump impersonator? Dan, what do you think? I don't want to be a party pooper here, but Daryl Hammond had a much better Donald Trump imp- impression than Alec Baldwin, I think. I'm disappointed it's not him. I don't know why um, it isn't, to tell you the truth. I know he's their announcer, but... Um, I, I guess I, Star Factor, maybe maybe that's why. Maybe. It's, a, it's a pretty impressive person to add to the cast, I guess. I, I haven't really been that into SNL in recent years, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely tune in. It's From what I understand, he's not becoming a regular cast member. It's kind of like the same thing with when Larry David did the Bernie Sanders thing. So whenever they wanted to have a Bernie Sanders character on the show, they'd, they'd bring in Larry David. And from what I understand, that's what they're doing with with uh, with Alec Baldwin, who uh, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen him impersonate Trump, but I've told he is a terrific uh, impressionist. So you know what? I'll tell you, Lise, when I was watching the debate on uh, earlier this week, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm guessing I'm not the only one, when they had you know, the split screen showing Trump on one side and, uh, and, and Clinton on the other, I couldn't take my eyes off, off Trump. For the, um, virtually for the, not the entire debate, but especially in the beginning, even when Clinton was talking, just to see his reaction, his facial mannerisms and stuff like that. And I kept, I kept thinking, this is, it's like I'm watching SNL here. It's like I'm watching the fake news or a fake debate, and you know they are going to have a lot of fun with it this weekend. Are you looking forward to it? Oh, I am, and I've, I've never given up on Saturday Night Live. 
And Alec Baldwin has been one of my favorite hosts. He's hosted the show, what, 16 times? I think the more more than anybody, yeah. More than anybody. Uh, and I think he's going to, if they, they picked him, I think he's going to be great. And uh, Kate McKinnon, she's going to continue her role as, as Hillary Clinton. So, boy, oh boy, either we're going to see a lot of Kate McKinnon or Alec Baldwin over the next four years, <laughs> one or the other, and maybe both uh, for who knows what uh, what reason. Uh, thank you both very much. Lise Ravery of the Journal de Montréal and Dan Delmar, CJAD host, uh, or contributor at least, and managing partner of Provocateur Communications. It's 1226. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800, CJAD.com.